Welcome to this week's episode of the Insurance Lab. Insurance Lab is brought to you by Heffernan Insurance Brokers. Consistently ranked as one of the nation's largest independent insurance brokerage firms, Heffernan Insurance Brokers has nationwide presence, offering comprehensive business insurance, personal insurance, employee benefits, and financial service products to a wide range of businesses and individuals. Heffernan Insurance Brokers, because you're different. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Insurance Lab. I have a friend and somebody I really look up to, somebody who's built an amazing business. Her name is Monica Klausner. Monica is the co-founder of the plant-based delivery company, Vistro. Monica, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ben. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, we talked a little bit, Monica, before we started the podcast, we talked a little bit about Thanksgiving and I just said that it was a great Thanksgiving because it was historic. I'm never going to put my father-in-law out on a table on the porch and tell him never to come into the house again, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> I hope you don't do that again, actually. I got away with it for one year. It's never to be uh, repeated, unfortunately. Nice. So, Monica, tell us a little bit about your current business and what are you doing exactly? So, we make fully prepared plant-based meals, and we deliver them straight to people's doors all over the U.S. That's pretty much in a nutshell what we're doing. The mission of our company is really to get people to eat more vegetables and more plant-based things and less animal products. So we're not trying to turn people vegan. We're just trying to help everybody eat more vegetables and fruits and nuts and legumes and all of the things that we as Americans don't really eat enough of. Right. And also people with high, with high cholesterol, like me, are told to eat more of. Yes. People with high cholesterol, high blood pressure, um, heart disease, diabetes, everybody will benefit from eating more plants. But specifically, people with certain conditions would really benefit from eating more plants. What's the, what's the origin story? How, where did the idea come from? Well, that's actually a great story. My brother, um, who is my business partner, was working as an investment banker and he was getting home really late and not having any time to eat um, healthy or to make food for himself. And he kept complaining to me over and over about this. And I am not a cook, so I was not volunteering to make him any food. Um, but I did recommend he go to the supermarket and check out the frozen food aisle. And he did. And when he came back, what he said was, there's nothing healthy and good in the freezer aisle. And why can't somebody just make good, delicious food the way we used to eat at home in Costa Rica, you know, which was basically a lot of fruits and vegetables and plants and not a lot of meat. He said, why can't somebody do that and deliver it to my door? And you know how lots of businesses start. There's a need, you find a hole and you want to fill it. So he decided to do it himself. And he called me and asked me if I'd partner with him because I, my background is sales and marketing, and his background is finance and operations. So we sort of complemented each other very well, and that's how we started. Now, your day right now, what does it look like? What, what, do, what are you doing with Feaster right now? What is, what is your personal role? Well, I'm working remotely from home. And the reason that most everybody in the operations, not, not the operations, but in the marketing and customer service team are working remotely is because the people in production, the people who actually make the food are working at our facility. And we're trying to keep them as safe as possible. 
So we're keeping everybody that is not essential to the to be in the facility out of the facility. So I'm working from home. So my day consists of checking a lot of email because I get six million emails, having calls pretty much back to back um, half the day and working on the marketing calendar, working on um, some, you know, sending packages to some influencers, working with my customer service team. So, you know, every day is different, but it pretty much comprises the same things, phone calls, email, meetings. Now you're in a, you're in a different life cycle in the business compared to starting it out. Maybe this question is more, you know, about when you started the company, but what excited you? Like what has excited you about entrepreneurship? Well, we grew, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. My grandparents had their own business. My parents each has their own business. My aunts and uncles, we grew up in that environment where, you know, my parents were their own bosses and they pretty much ran the business and grew it as much as they wanted to. So I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to have my own business. And so when my brother called and said, let's do this, I thought it was the perfect opportunity to do it. Now, when you were, when you were younger, do you know that you were going to go in, into entrepreneurship? Was that something that you, you set out or you always had in the back of your mind that you wanted to do? Yes. I always had it in the back of my mind and, you know, throughout my life I've done, I've worked, you know, on Mary Kay and had my own business. I had a different um, uh, multi-level marketing business of a, of a different product. I made jewelry for a while. So I've always had my own gig on the side aside from a regular job. So I always knew that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. Now, I think that if I remember correctly, Monica, you told me once you were, when you were a young girl in Costa Rica, at one time you were a professional surfer. Is that correct? <laughs> no, I was a <laughs> professional ballerina. When I you were for real? Yeah, for real. Where, where did that, I don't think you've ever told me that. What, what's the story there? So I did, I started doing ballet when I was three. It was literally the love of my life. And I did ballet all the way through 16. And when I was 16, I was dancing with a company of all adults. I was the only um, kid, I guess, the only teenager in the company. Um, And I danced professionally for a year. And then I had to have scoliosis surgery. And there went my ballet career. Any, any long-term uh, problems with your feet? Because I've seen the ballerina's feet. Sometimes they can get a little mangled over time. I did not because I didn't do classical point. I actually danced modern and contemporary. So that, my feet are fine. <laughs> that's interesting. I've known you for a long time. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Learn well, something you, new every day. You, you learn something new on the Insurance Lab podcast about people. Here's a question for you. So I'm sure a lot of people ask you advice on being an entrepreneur. Is there is there any one piece of advice you kind of you seem to go back to when when talking with people? Yes, I always tell people to have a partner. It's really difficult to do a business by yourself for a lot of reasons. For you know, for one, it's all on you, and you're responsible for absolutely everything, and you have to make decisions without really consulting anybody else who's in the business, 
working it with you. So I always recommend people to have a partner, preferably somebody that they really trust. I don't necessarily recommend a family member, but you know, it works for us, but it doesn't work for everybody, but definitely a partner helps. Yeah, that makes sense. Are there any mistakes that you, you see that are common in novice entrepreneurs and, 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 and are there any ways to avoid those mistakes? Yeah. The biggest mistake I've seen in startups that, you know, that go belly up or that perhaps are not as successful is people overspend. So one of the reasons that our business is still around and is successful is because we've been super careful with all of our money. We haven't raised that much money for a business that is seven years old. And so when you are looking at marketing spend and hiring and all of those expenses, you have to really keep it close in your wallet to make sure that you don't put yourself in a position where you're desperate to raise funds because that's the worst position to be in. Right. That makes a a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. You know, you are a female entrepreneur and, you know, that's something that we want to see more of. Is there any specific advice that you would have for for young women who would like to become an entrepreneur? And and are there any specific advantages or disadvantages to being a female business owner? Well, the the disadvantages are not that different from, you know, being a female in a corporate environment. You know, there's always some sexism or however you want to call it. In my country, we call it machismo. Men who don't take us seriously because we're women, just because we're women. Not because we're not smart or we can't do it, but because we're women. So just to tell you a little story, I remember going into a venture fund to pitch them our business to raise funds. And I did the whole presentation because between my brother and I, I'm much better at public speaking. So I did the whole pitch. And after we did the pitch, we sat down at the table and every person in that room, except for me, was a man, white man. (laughs) And every pair of eyes was trained on my brother. Every question asked was asked, directed at him. Nobody looked at me. Nobody asked me any questions. They completely dismissed me. And you you knew that you could feel that during the during the meeting, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's really, it's really infuriating because here I am pitching a business that I've been a part of since the beginning and you're completely ignoring me as if I didn't know what I'm talking about. So it's pretty infuriating. But my right. advice to, to women who want to get into, um, to want to be, who want to be entrepreneurs is to not let that bother you. Like don't let that get to you because if you let it get to you, you put yourself in an emotional position and it's never a good place to be. Is there, are there any specific, do you have any, any specific role models or people that you met, um, you know, as you were going through your career or anybody that you've read or you follow any specific female entrepreneurs that, uh, that you, that inspire you? Yeah. Um, Cheryl Sandberg is somebody that I've looked up to for a long time. I actually knew her husband who passed away very well because I worked for him. So I've known about Cheryl for a long time and I've read her books. I find her absolutely fascinating and I think she's a badass. So she's, uh, if I had to 
pick one person that is my role model, it's definitely Cheryl Sandberg. Monica, I really appreciate catching up with you. I learned two new things today. Um, professional dancer, knew Cheryl Sandberg's husband, did not know either <laughs> of those two things uh, before this podcast. I can't wait till I can see you in person. I know, me too. I hope this whole thing gets uh, is done soon and we can see each other. Okay, well, as soon as we get the vaccine, you're going to come over to my office for lunch. You know that we're a mile away from you right now. Yes, we definitely have to do that. Or you'll come to me for lunch. Could go to your test kitchen and we can eat. That's right. Could we do that for real? Yeah, for real. Okay, I'm taking up on it. I'm taking up on it. Monica, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Ben. 